Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company's podcast. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Greenbook. Through their blog, leading market research directory, and other publications, Greenbook connects marketers and insights professionals with people, information, and ideas that generate better business results. So whether you're looking for a focus group facility or just want to stay up to date with the ever-evolving insights industry, Greenbook is the resource for you. Check out all they have to offer at greenbook.org. We love it. We know you'll love it. Emails have been a staple in marketing for years. They're an open line of communication between brand and buyer. This kind of direct contact is a very powerful tool for businesses, so it's no surprise that emails have remained a fundamental part of our marketing strategy. But over the years, things have changed. The idea is still the same, an open line of communication, but as people continue to receive more and more marketing emails, their behaviors shifted. As marketers, we continually adjust our strategy to reflect these behaviors and better suit the needs of our audiences. But that still leaves one question. What are these behaviors? So we don't want to bore you with stats like these. There are now almost 4 billion email users worldwide. Or 73% of millennials say they would rather communicate business affairs via email. Or 72% of young adults say they prefer opening emails on the phone. Now, for this episode, we decided to do something a little different. In an attempt to give you an inside look at how people feel about marketing emails, we took to the streets and interviewed a handful of everyday people about their email habits. I give you the first ever installment of Bird on the Street, and here's Colton Harrington, our first Bird on the Street. Hey, thanks, Priscilla. I'm Colton, your host for this episode of Bird on the Street, here to find out how people feel about email. Let's jump into some of these questions. When was the last time you checked your email? Um, about a minute and a half ago. Five seconds ago. Probably uh, 30 seconds ago. <laughs> Five minutes ago. <laughs> Probably not for a couple months. Probably about two minutes ago. About five minutes ago. At 9.07 this morning. Was it on your phone or a desktop? Um, checked my personal email on my phone and work email on my desktop. 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 My phone. It was on my desktop. It was on a desktop. Desktop. Which one do you check most? Desktop. My desktop. I only check a desktop because I do not get email on my phone. Well, my work email, obviously, I check on my desktop more often because uh, I'm at work. But um, if I'm away or traveling or whatnot, I'm, I'm on my phone probably checking at least once an hour. Desktop. I check my desktop more often because I purposefully do not forward my emails to my phone. Many people still write emails with only a desktop view in mind. If you receive a six-paragraph email, how excited are you going to be to read it? Now imagine getting that exact same email on mobile. Yikes. Okay, so we lied about not boring you with stats. Consider that 70% of smartphone users use their device to check their emails. In today's world, you need to adjust to this shift. How frequently would you say you check your email? Usually every couple hours, whenever they come in. I mean, I, like I said, red notifications when they pop up, I look at it. Throughout the workday, like constantly, all the time. But personal email hardly ever when i'm at work it's um if i'm at my desk it's constantly popping up on my screen uh, if i'm in court uh, i don't check it because I'm, I'm not forwarding it oh constantly probably at least 10 times every 30 minutes <laughs> i would say probably every 10 to 15 minutes all during the day it's constant nonstop. is there a particular time of day that you check it most initially 
8 a.m.? Uh, first thing in the morning when I get here between 7.30 and 7.45. First thing every morning? I would say between 9 and noon. People are constantly checking their emails, but in order to catch them when they're the most receptive, you have to look a little deeper. Every audience is a little different, so you should do some A-B testing to find out when your specific audience engages most. Pro tip, as a general rule, Tuesdays and Thursdays tend to be the best days to send emails overall, and somewhere around 10 and 11 a.m. is the optimal time of day. Do you look forward to receiving any types of emails? If I've signed up for it, then yes. I don't like unsolicited things. They're like, hey, come get this credit card or whatever. It's like, no. I look forward to offers. Probably offers? Mm, mostly news and announcements. Probably it's going to be the tips or the announcements because um, offers to me, I get inundated with those. And so sometimes it's easier just to delete them. Um, but news or announcements or tips on how to do things better, I, I will read those because they might actually help me do my work better. Probably news and announcements. Every now and again. Yeah, I guess offers are okay. Like if, if someplace that I have... Um, you know, like an account or subscription or something to sends me an email and, you know, they send me something useful that I benefit from, then uh, that's cool. But aside from that, I just don't, I'm not super interested in like articles and stuff. Different people look for different things. Again, the best practice here is to try out some A-B testing to see what works best for you. How often would you say that you unsubscribe from emails? Not that often. I just kind of let them pile up. Frequently. I feel like every time I buy something online, um, somehow I'm automatically enrolled in the emails. And I find myself going through maybe once a month and mass unsubscribing from all the junk email. It's only when I go in to clean out my inbox and I realized I've received like 30 emails from the same company in the last month. Uh, if I, as, as long as I subscribe to them, I'm fine. If I don't get them, I mean, I can kind of just delete everything. I just hit read all, so I don't technically unsubscribe from them. I still get them. But if I subscribe to them, then not often unless they start sending me weird stuff. I don't really unsubscribe from them. I just kind of scroll through them if I don't want to see it at that time. Never. A lot. Not very often. Uh, I just let them build up. <laughs> About once a month, I go through and unsubscribe from all the junk. Is there any particular reason that you unsubscribe? Quantity of emails. Just to avoid the clutter. So that I can process what I actually have in my email that is of importance. I don't need it, um, and it's just clogging up my inbox. Non-stop emails. Many people unsubscribe from emails if they don't find value in them. However, many people will just simply mark your email as read instead of unsubscribing. Either way, these people are unengaged. If you see these numbers start to rise, it's time to rethink your strategy. Let's take a break from this awesome content and listen to something from our awesome sponsor. If you're looking to be inspired, challenged, and connected, I have the perfect event for you. Hosted in Austin, Texas, IIEX North America is the place you need to be from April 23rd to 25th. Presented by Greenbook, IIEX North America is the leading conference in the market research and insights industry. These three days of action are filled with over a thousand attendees, over 250 speakers, and over 200 sessions for a combination kick in the pants, turbocharged networking and intensive education. 
And I'll be speaking at IIEX North America. IIEX is packed with fresh ideas. From the new speaker track to meet the startups and insight innovation competition, this is the place to see the latest technologies and disruptive methods emerging in the world of insights. Attendees will be in great company with thought leaders from Procter & Gamble, Lowe's, Merck, and Coca-Cola. So register now for IIEX North America and save 20% with the promo code LITTLEBIRD at IIEX-NA.insightinnovation.org or simply click the link in our show notes. Be there to find out what's new and next in the realm of consumer insights. If an email uses your name in the subject line, is that creepy? or more likely to make you open it? I'd probably lean toward creepy. I think it's more likely for me to think that it's spam, probably, if someone uses it um, uh, like in the subject line. It, to me, it looks like someone's, a bot has crawled my website. If it's someone I know, I'll definitely open it. If I can tell it's like a, kind of like a Mad Libs email where they just fill in my email or my information, then I will not click on it. Uh, it depends on who it's from, because it can be more personal. like. If it's some like credit card company, it's like, no, someone just sold you my information. Like that's, it's just, it just depends on who it's from. Probably less likely to open it because I would think of it as a phishing email. I don't know if it's really creepy. I mean, it's, I feel like it's just showing that it's to me as a person. That completely depends on the email address it's coming from. If I see that it's coming from a person's name, um, then I'm far more likely to open it because I want to see who knows my name. Probably creepy, and with the training we've received here, I'll probably send it to our phishing attempts. Our findings on the street were a little surprising here. Most people we interviewed said that they found it creepy or spammy when their names were used in email. A shock to us considering the personalized email messages improved click-through rates by an average of 14% and conversions by 10% and emails with personalized subject lines are 26% more likely to be opened. Maybe we're in the midst of another marketing shift. What makes you click on a link inside of an email? If the subject matter is interesting. You know, I, I rarely do that, to be honest. Uh, I guess if it's a product, something that I'm currently shopping for, really interested in, and there's a link, um, maybe for a sale, I'll click on it, but normally I, I, I don't click on a lot of email links. Validity. If I know where it's from, I'll absolutely click on it. If it's just from some company, I will not. If I know it's safe, being a computer person, you, know, you kind of got to, I don't know, you check those things. If you know where the email came from, click on it. Yes. If not, don't click on a link. Oh, now our IT department warned us about that. We're not supposed to click on links unless we just really know what they're about. So probably it would have to be a relationship I already have with that particular vendor or person sending me that link before I would click on it. I mean, it, it's the subject uh, in the body uh, has appears interesting to me. What was the last link that you remember clicking on? An article about Disney World employees divulging secrets. Yeah, news article. I mean, really the only time I click links is if it's work-related. A coupon from Office Depot. <laughs> uh, it was a, a PDF. Probably some clothes. I think that I was, or I think it was a jacket that I was looking for online, and uh, I got an email a couple days later saying that that you know they were going to give me a reduced price. I presume because I didn't buy it the first time I looked at it. Probably an internal email that linked me into something into an internal document. Whether it's downloading a piece of content, scheduling a time to connect, or sharing information with a friend. 
Make sure your CTAs are clear to readers, and again, that they find undeniable value in it. Back to you, Priscilla. Thanks, Colton. That's it for Bird on the Street. If you want even more information on how to write killer emails, check out our free guide, Nine Reasons People Are Ignoring Your Emails. The link is in the show notes. Happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.